At GCU, earning your MBA degree online comes with the college experience. To advance your career in business, it takes support from those around you. Our online class size averages less than 25 students with highly skilled faculty. GCU's Colangelo College of Business offers online MBA programs in real-world emphasis, including accounting, leadership, marketing, sports business, and more. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu MBA. Information about graduation rates and median death from students completing the program is available at gcu.edu disclosures. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude. I've got my brother Justin with me tonight. And tonight we're going to be looking into the headlines, the injuries, people who uh, may or may not be playing this week, and in some cases may not be playing for a few weeks. Uh, after that, we're going to get into the Thursday night football game, take a look at some of the, the nitty-gritty details of, of who you want and who you don't, and then we're going to cover a few more of the games tonight before I believe Justin will be covering the rest of the games in the next episode. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I'm, I'm going to do a better job. Uh, apologies to everyone out there for missing last week's episode. Some, some family stuff came up. Uh, family first podcast, so uh, it's one of those things that uh, I'm going to do my best to make sure that that comes out uh, this week. Look forward for uh, Friday morning afternoon time so that we can uh, help you guys win your leagues. All right. And also, just so you know, I, th I thought we should go over this real quick. Um, for those of you who don't know, Justin and I have actually been working on uh, our rankings and stuff. Uh, we have those should be coming out sometime tomorrow after early after. Well, if you're listening to this, we're recording Wednesday night. So they should uh, be up. <laughs> it, they should be up <laughs> once you guys, uh, by the time you guys are hearing this, um, we have actually been working on doing our rankings through uh, fantasy pros and basically kind of learning where we sit in the fantasy professional ranking stratosphere and we're doing much better than we're doing better than we were how's that yes doing a lot better let's last well last week i did much better you had a little bit of a down week but yeah this first week uh, this is the first week that you beat me so yeah. uh, tip of the hat to you thank you so um so yeah we're we're learning where we sit and i gotta be honest i'm somewhat encouraged so i am very encouraged so, all right, when you find yourself, you know, doing better, you know, a couple weeks in a row compared to guys from major podcasts, major organizations, and your, you know, your rankings overall are better than them, it feels really good. Yeah, uh, currently sitting uh, right around that 100 mark, uh, but ahead of people like Michael Florio. Uh, Scott, I wasn't going to name names, but okay, go ahead. Uh, Pianowski of Yahoo. Uh, so, uh, just a couple of names out there, nothing against them, but to kind of give you some, some context to where we're ranking compared to others. Uh, once again, you will hear, hear no disrespect from us, uh, towards other people who are doing this professionally. We're all Not about whatsoever. encouraging people, um, to pursue their dreams uh, we eventually want to get to the point where where this becomes full-time jobs for us. We can produce better content, more content, and 
spend a little bit more time to be even more accurate with our rankings, but that gives you a little bit of an idea of some of the guys we've been going up against uh, through the, the accuracy calculator. Uh, and it's a whole lot closer than people think. So um, when you get into the, the fine details of it, but that, that gives you kind of some context on, on who we're up against. So, all right, well, why don't we go ahead and get into today's headlines? Today's headlines. All right. Now, we said we're a family-friendly podcast, and I'm not going to say that this is, like, off-color, but this is kind of funny. This is actually what was said by a coach. Hugh Jackson uh, talking about Nick Chubb and, and his three carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns said that, quote, Nick Chubb has to get some, unquote. Carries. Carries. Touches. <laughs> uh, let's go with carries. Yeah, we'll go with carries. <laughs> carries. Um, you know, as, a, as an owner of Carlos Hyde, which I was one of those guys that was never going to draft Carlos Hyde because of his injury history, and the last two years he's actually been somewhat healthy. So um, because of that, I was willing to draft him. I've liked what he has done so far this year. However, Nick Chubb obviously has some explosive ability to get the big play. We'll see how long this lasts. Yeah, I am, I am not – I would not call myself a Nick Chubb denier uh, at the very least, but I don't think his two touchdowns from last week does anything to get him any more than, say, five touches a game. Um, right now, Duke Johnson's being more involved – better pass catcher out of the backfield. Carlos Hyde uh, has been very consistent and, and has still earned his starting job, a touchdown every week. Nothing uh, – he's not done anything to put him on the bench, so he's the starter for a reason. He's who you go with. Yep. Uh, moving on, uh, here's just some overall stats, some numbers from the first quarter of the NFL season. This is how explosive offenses have been this year. 3,030 points scored through week four in the NFL, uh, which is more, was it, which breaks a record uh, from 2012, which was 2,986. 344 touches are the most through the NFL since 2015, where there were 332. Uh, that was the year that the, what year was that? That was... That was uh, two years after the Seahawks. So, yeah, so that was that one was a huge year there. That was the uh, um, Matt Ryan. I believe that was the Matt Ryan MVP year. And then 20 or then 228 touchdown passes are the most through week four since 2013. Uh, and that was 205. And that was the that was the blow up everyone uh, Peyton Manning year. So, yeah, and this all this stems from the uh, protection of the quarterback and the yeah. uh, absolute handcuffing of a defense from being able to really do anything. I, I, I heard it on uh, KGR radio this morning on my way into work uh, out of Seattle, and they were talking about how they ironically blamed fantasy football because there's only a couple of reasons why someone would watch the Dolphins-Browns on a Thursday night game and that's because uh your fantasy player 
may produce some points and help you win your week. So their logic is that the NFL sees that one of the biggest avenues for them to grow is by getting people interested in fantasy football. People are uh, more interested in points being scored because we only play offensive side of the ball and IDP kind of. Uh, and so they, they kind of blame fantasy football for kind of the change in the game as the NFL is continually trying to get more viewers. You and I are going to have to talk about that a little bit later. I may, I may get on a tweet uh, a little bit of a tweet <laughs> with KJR about that one. All right, moving on. Uh, the Jaguars worked out former Giants running back Orleans Darkwa and former Browns running back Matt Days. They'd be better off with Darkwa because I don't even know who Matt Days is. Uh, the Jaguar, I don't know. We're going to move on. Uh, uh, just a, a quick note, that just tells you, I mean, we're going to get to it later in Fournette being out for two-plus weeks, but Fournette and Yeldon already banged up. They don't have anybody else really to trust, so they're gra they're grabbing at straws at this point. Is Yeldon out for this week? Uh, he's not out, but he has been banged up. He's projected to do very, very well against the horrible Chiefs defense, um, but even he has missed some time early in the season. I would look at Kerry – is it Kerry – Cary Grant, not Cary Grant. Um, Corey, no, that's an old movie star. Court is it Corey Grant? Grant. Corey Grant. Corey Grant. Um, he has been pretty productive in that role when he's having to back up Yeldon and spelling him. So he is definitely a guy that you should look at if you've got the extra space, just in case Yeldon can't make it. Especially if you hear that Yeldon is having issues being healthy for this week. Corey Grant, I believe, is definitely a guy that you uh, you should be looking at. So, Or deep, deep, deep league or yeah. someone who has four net and you've got in the – everyone else is taken off waivers. Or on bye week. Or on bye week. Um, let's see. Robert Quinn expects, Robert, uh, expects Devonta Freeman to play in week five. Uh Fournette was orig was uh, has already been ruled out for Week Five against the Chiefs, and as Justin stated, is looking like a two-plus week injury. So, uh, for those of you who have Fournette, I hope uh, I hope you uh, were ready to back him up. Yes, Sterling Shepard did not practice Wednesday. Um, this this is something really quick. I got two cents here is that with Ingram already out and now uh, Shepard dealing with uh, injury issues, Rhett Ellison may actually be of value this week because there's no one else to throw to other than Odell Beckham Jr. So that Rhett would get a bump for me, but only and only if Sterling Shepard can't go. I'll have to watch for that. In the league of record. I've already got him. Oh, then, okay, looks like I'm sticking with Antonio Gates. He's right. my tight end this week because of bye weeks. Um, Randall Cobb will work, uh, worked in the rehab group. That's that's the uh, the injury rehab group. Uh, Otherwise known as the entire Packers wide receiving core. Well, Geronimo Allison is still in the concussion protocol, so there's a chance the Packers will be down two starting receivers Sunday at Detroit. Mike McCarthy said that Marquez Valdez-Scantling and the other rookie receivers will, quote, have a role 
and he has, quote, great confidence, unquote, in them. So we may see uh, Equator St. Brown. I mean, Equ- <laughs> Equiminius. <laughs> uh, there's a running joke on, there's a running joke on, on, uh, on Twitter that someone, every time he mentions Equiminius St. Brown, he actually says his first name different. It's, it's a different thing every time. So it's like Equator St. Brown, Equation St. Brown. And every time <laughs> it just keeps on going. So he's, he's come up with four different names. No, he's come up with actually. Sorry. They went through like forty <laughs> different names. That was that was a jab, just at, at how prior to this week irrelevant uh, Equiminius was. Definitely could be could or be Equestrianius. <laughs> yeah, Equestrian St. Brown was one of them. All right. Um, yeah. So Coach Mike McCarthy actually singled out Marquez Valdez Scantling as the next man up. Um, if both Allison and Cobb miss week five. Um, Joe Mixon says he is not cleared yet this week, but hopes to be. Uh, he'll for sure be ready to play against Pittsburgh. I believe that's a week six matchup. Um, Uh, Sammy Watkins uh, said his hamstring injury was minor. Looks like he's going to be most likely back this week. Darren Sproles and Corey Clement still aren't practicing. Uh, Joe Mixon actually did practice Wednesday. Uh, TB12, Tom Brady, has, <laughs> quote, no doubt that Julian Edelman will be ready for his week five return. Um, no, he's had plenty of time being suspended for the last four weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that during the, the Thursday night matchup as well. To, to finish his recovery from ACL surgery. Um, Adrian Peterson did not practice Wednesday. No big no deal. News. Experienced, uh, experienced player. Jarvis Landry not practicing. No news. Antonio Callaway is not practicing, but I also saw... That is concerning to me. That is concerning. I also saw somewhere that uh, Antonio Callaway's snaps may start being reduced. Yes. So um, he's, he's got a case of the dropsies and the butterfingers. Is he now? Is Antonio Callaway? Is he in the slaughter? Is he one of the outside guys? He, he's the outside guy that uh, because they they kind of line up Landry on the inside, but Callaway is the big deep threat down the field. Okay. Um, but they just have not really been able to get any sort of chemistry or matchup connected between the two of them. Okay. Him and the quarterback, meaning Baker or Tyrod. Yep. All right. Well, moving moving on, uh, we'll cover, get more into this later. T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, and Jack Doyle all ruled out for the Colts for Thursday night football. Um, so so I, you get a Colts jersey, and you get a Colts jersey, and you get a Colts jersey. <laughs> Let's play some football. <laughs> we all get Colts jerseys. <laughs> Um, uh, so I hope you have New England's defense for uh, this week. Uh, Marquise Goodwin not practicing. That you know his hamstring has been back and forth. And for a guy that's a speed demon, he needs you know his legs have to be 100% healthy or he's useless. Yeah, hamstrings are important. Ezekiel Elliott said he is good for Week Five against the Texans. We'll see how his quote-unquote knee and ankles do um, coming into this next week. Alshon Jeffrey did not practice Wednesday. I think that they're still managing his reps as he's coming back. Uh, 
Pete Carroll says Chris Carson should be able to play on Sunday. For those Carson owners, that would be uh, good to hear. I I still would not feel comfortable playing Chris Carson because he's playing the Rams. I I, I would not. Be, the the Seahawks are going to be throwing the ball like crazy in order to catch up. And I, even then, I don't know if I would trust starting Russell Wilson. But we'll we'll talk about that one more. That's going to be on my episode tomorrow because it's in the latter half of the uh, the games. Yep. Um, Gronkowski. There still has been no official word on Gronk. That's going to be pretty much. Right before game time, I'm going to guess. He's going to play. He's probably going to play. He is questionable. Although with the three with the three people ruled out and their defense just being god-awful in terms of Indianapolis, they may feel comfortable just sitting Gronk and not having any problems. Well, and if Gronk doesn't play, Edelman becomes huge. Sonny Michel becomes huge. Huge, and so does James White. I still am. I still want to see Gordon do more than like five routes, uh, being facetious, of course. But I, I want to see more from Gordon. I would rather be wrong on his first week than put him in my lineup and have him do nothing. Yep. Actually, well, it would technically, be his second week, but yeah, you know what I mean. Dalvin Cook did not practice Wednesday. Um. Wow, how did I miss this one earlier? So now Devontae Adams has a calf injury to go along with Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned it before. I had heard uh, ankles earlier, but but lower leg injury. Once again, this is a pair with uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers and his his injury. This is a massively beat up team. This is going to be an Aaron Jones type game, a Ty Montgomery type game. They're going to be more a running team just out of necessity uh, for the next week or two. Uh, agreed. Uh, Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman both showing up on the injury report limited in practice. No news. That's that's uh, just management of a player. Yeah, management of both of them. Uh, Lamar Miller, Will Fuller, and DeAndre Hopkins all limited in practice. No news. Um, getting back to uh, to Antonio Callaway, Browns coach Hugh Jackson has a, quote, great level of optimism. Antonio Callaway will play uh, week five against the Ravens. Um, again, he's been dealing with some, some issues with, you know, holding on to the ball lately. Yeah, and I feel more comfortable – with Rashad Higgins as as a receiver to grab, or or even a bump with Ninjoku as Antonio and as Antonio Callaway's snaps will be reduced slightly, and as he's dealing with uh, his knee injury already. So, but the Ravens are a good defense. So, pick your pick your battles. All right, we'll hear. This should tell you how bad it is for the Bucks right for the Buccaneers right now. The Bucks actually worked out free agent running back Charkandrick West today. Uh, source says the former Chiefs star is the next man up for running backs. Um, definitely interesting. Okay, uh, next man up after who? Or does that mean he is the starter above a Ronald Jones? No, I don't think he'd be a starter above Ronald Jones. His his main thing is catching passes, 
And so it would be him behind Jaquiz Rogers. I think Jaquiz Rogers would be the next man up in terms of their lineup. Okay. Would, I, yeah, I just wanted to ask so that people kind of knew what that meant. Yeah. From a roster standpoint. Now, in a you in league of record, a 14 team league, and with absolutely nobody on uh, available really from a running back perspective, did pick him up this week or this today. I did. Um, we had, let's just say we had a massive, not necessarily falling out, but a, a big brouhaha in the league of record concerning a certain trade because I would not give up my number one wide receiver. I would not give up Thielen and could have had Aaron Jones and Tom Brady and George Kittle. Um, while that sounds massive. And your tight end currently sucks. And well, my current tight end, well, I had to pick up, I had to pick up Antonio Gates because my current tight end was OJ Howard, who's now on by week and injured. Yes. Um, and so I turned down that trade. This is somewhat off topic, but I turned down that trade because I won't even get into who it was. <laughs> um, because uh, one, of the, one of our writers who is, who is in the league with us thought that, well, your, your, your quarterback stinks because I have Case Keenum and C.J. Bethard because I stream quarterbacks. Uh, my tight end was injured. And I streamed tight ends. And uh, I didn't have much running back depth, and he wanted my number one wide receiver. So he offers all this for Thielen, and I told him no because of what it would do to his team. So while I may not have a whole lot of depth in my, in my running back core, I, yes, I picked up Charkandrick West as a shot in the dark, whether he actually gets anywhere or not because it's a 14-team league. You know, I had to take that chance. I have three running backs that I feel very good about. So, yeah, and you only got to play two. Correct, because I because my four because we have two wide receivers, two running backs, and two flex. And when your two wide receivers and two flex combined are Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and Robert Woods, you're pretty good. I'm I'm in good shape. I can stream quarterbacks at that point. Yeah. So. Uh, moving on, back on topic. Uh, Matt Breida was limited in practice. No news. Fitzgerald didn't practice. No news. He's still, you know, although I think he still needs to work on some chemistry with uh, Josh Rosen. Mari Cooper was limited in practice, but that's no news. Chris, Har Chris Carson didn't practice on Wednesday, but I believe that's just, again, managing his reps. Um, and that's it. Yeah, and then the final one, uh, Ian Rappaport is the one that believes that Fournette's injury could be two plus weeks. So, yeah, that is all we have for the headlines. Why don't we go ahead and get into the Thursday night football matchup? Yeah, for me to to kind of kick it off here, uh, the probably the biggest topic is going to be Andrew Luck in this game. Um, there's there's no love lost between. The New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts uh, in real life, uh, and so in terms of this matchup, Patriots had a much better showing on defense last week, playing against uh, Miami. Uh, I think the New England Patriots defense is better than what uh, they have shown so far. Uh, in looking at the stats uh, in preparation for the show, uh, the New England defense uh, 
hasn't given up more than 200 yards. They've only given up more than 200 yards passing once this season and have given up less than 100 yards once. So they're not really giving up a lot of uh, yardage through the air. They have given up touchdowns at times through the air. With that being said, who scares you uh, from this wide receiving core that's going to play today? Now, Houston is not as good uh, in the passing game. Also had a corner go out and is now likely to be done for a couple of weeks uh, in that game. Um, granted, they didn't have T.Y. Hilton for most of that game last week, but I, I don't really see a lot coming from Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal. Now, they're going to get some points because they have to throw because the Colts literally have no running game. Correct. But Naheem Hines is probably the, the, the hot sauce or the hot topic that people want to talk about. Uh, I think this would be the, one of the last games that Naheem Hines really has his breakout. As soon as Marlon Mack comes back, uh, there's going to be a lot. Uh, there's going to be a drop off with Hines, is is my belief. Um, but for me, uh, I don't have Andrew Luck as a top twelve quarterback this week, just because of the lack of weapons. New England Patriots defense always plays well in Foxborough, so New England at home, better than advertised defense against Andrew Luck with no weapons. Where else do you think this is going to go? Yeah, I have I have New England's defense. I am sitting Andrew Luck this week. Um, just Luck has no – basically, the only person who's going to be catching any passes is going to be Naheem Hines out of the backfield and Eric Ebron. I think Ryan Grant will get some value. I think, um, I think he'll get some value, but I think the two most valuable receivers in this game yes. are going to be those two guys. Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Ryan Grant in anything – shallower than a 12-team league. Like, if you're 12 and you're decimated a wide receiver and you picked him up... Or then you're, you're already in trouble. You're already in trouble. But then in a 14-team or more, as you increase players, rosters thin out, I feel more comfortable playing a Ryan Grant. But really, he's like a flex option. I have him as, like, wide receiver 40. So that puts you at wide receiver 4. So he wouldn't be in your top 3 in a 12-team league... So, it, once again, I don't think this game is going to be kind to the Colts. No, it's not. So, um, and let's just just to kind of give a little heads up. I know it's been three years since they've played, um, but Belichick owns the Colts. Yes, whether the game is in New England or in Indianapolis, uh, you know, October, you know, two thousand fifteen. 34 to 27 January 2015 45 to 7 November uh, was it 2014 in Indianapolis 42 to 20 that was the game that Jonas Gray had 200 200 yards on 37 carries and four touchdowns and then you know showed up slept in and showed up late to a, a practice the next the very next week and never basically saw another snap the rest of the season. Yeah, everyone jumped towards him on the waiver wires, and then no one saw from him again. Him again. That's because... why you don't chase points. <laughs> well, again, 
it didn't help that he fell asleep or he was late to a practice. And I think it was like that game was Sunday and it was Tuesday's practice he was late to. Yeah, so right after you grabbed him on waivers. Yep. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's I, as far as the Patriots go, um, Tom Brady, you know, you look at how good that game was for the Patriots this past weekend. Tom Brady was still the QB 12. Yeah. They're a lot, gonna, a lot they're, of work to the running backs. They're going to rely on the running backs more. Sonny Michelle is going to get a lot of work. Um, and even and even James was running or James White was running the ball well. Yeah. Not just catching it, but running the ball well, finding the holes. So um I am not again, I am not super high on on Tom Brady this week. I I put him ten or twelve probably in terms of in terms of uh where I'm gonna rank him for the week in terms of quarterbacks. And I'm with you. Edelman's gonna get work uh most likely and you know, Dorset I think is a flex play in deeper leagues. But other than that, it's about it. And that's only if Gronk sits. Yeah. Um if Gronk plays, I mean you're gonna start Gronk. So Yeah, I got I got Tom Brady at six. Uh I think I believe in him a little bit more than you do. Once again, like you said, uh New England Patriots own the Colts, especially in Foxborough. I think there's gonna be a lot more what you saw from last week against Miami and a lot more of the dink and dunk uh, pass routes involving the running backs more in the passing game. Julian Edelman comes back. I think that's going to be huge in opening up a little bit more of the field. I think that does a lot for the passing game. So that's what has me a little bit more encouraged about Tom Brady. Once again, they jump out to an early lead. I don't see much production coming afterwards, but I still have Tom Brady kind of in that six to eight range. Uh, I, I think I may drop him a little bit as, as I do a little bit more research and, and finish things out. But um, right now I've got him at six. All right. So that's the Thursday night game. Let's go ahead and get into um, the games for the rest of the week. Uh, Tennessee and Buffalo. Justin, what are, uh, what are some of your thoughts on this one? Uh, for me, the only – I guess we now have uh, three players uh, that, that you would look to start. Really, to me, if, if the Tennessee Titans cannot get a running game going against the Bills, I don't know when they will. Um, the Bills have surprisingly been good at uh, causing pressure to the quarterback, uh, even though they're 1-3 and three and have been horrible. Um, Marcus Mariota uh, can buy some time running out in the pocket. I, I think Marcus Mariota can be uh, a streamable quarterback. That being said, I like Luck more than I like Mariota this week, so I'm still not looking to start him. So it, it's more a desperation play, or or if you've got, I guess it, it wouldn't matter. Uh, Bears and Bucks are on by, so you wouldn't really have one of those two quarterbacks unless you had Trubisky earlier, which we have a player who has him in the 14-team league. Uh, I think you're going to have a pretty good game from Deion Lewis, and I'm looking for Corey Davis to do it in back-to-back -back weeks rather than to have a splash and then disappear. I'm looking for Corey Davis to have a good game as well. Well, I think they're finally leaning on Corey Davis more, especially with, with Delaney Walker out. Davis is finally getting healthy enough to be that relied-upon guy. Um, in terms of, you know, it's, it's killing me that Deion Lewis isn't getting used more. 
Um, he has been able – he gets more yards per carry than Derrick Henry does. I mean, I understand that Derrick Henry is a big bruiser. Lewis is the more productive back in more ways than one. So I, while it's frustrating me since he was my fir- the first running back I picked up this, this year in drafts or, or in, my, in one of my leagues, um, I, I hope that they get him more involved. Um, I can't – I mean, I can't unless – unless it's a 14-team league, I can't suggest to start him. So I think in terms of the, the Titans, Corey Davis is a must-start. He's about it. Uh, from from Tennessee that I can think of off the top of my head. Taewon yeah. Taylor's that deep sleeper uh, that we talked about in terms of um, what he could possibly do uh, down the line. Mariota is streamerish. Um, in terms of the build, <laughs> this game is in Buffalo too, so it's gonna you're gonna exactly. see weather start to get colder as as we progress in those home games in Buffalo. Honestly, I think that the best play in this game is the Titans defense from either team. The yeah. best play is the Titans defense. Um, I'm not, I'm not picking above, any... above Corey Davis. I think the Titans with how good, how good the de- the Titans defense has been playing. I mean, good. The defense has been playing the last few yes. weeks. They are the more consistent. Yeah. And so I try, I, I trust the defense to do what they're supposed to do more than Corey Davis meeting his projections. Yeah, the only thing that I'll say on the other side is for those of you who had drafted LaShawn McCoy or are still trying to hold on to McCoy in hopes that uh, maybe he'll turn it around, this is not the week to try and play him uh, because the Titans are the fifth fifth best defense against the, the running back this year and McCoy hasn't been healthy to begin with. So this is not the week to play him, maybe against Houston and Indianapolis the two following weeks, but this is one where it is absolute um, fantasy football bait to try and throw him in there this week. It's a bad idea. All right, moving on. Uh, We've got uh, the Giants at the Panthers. Justin, what what do you got for this one? Uh, for this one, I see uh, the Carolina Panthers steamrolling the New York Giants. The New York Giants haven't been able to really consistently do anything much on offense, partly because they're banged up. I mean, Saquon Barkley is going to do uh, fairly well in this game. Look for uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley to kind of uh, duel back and forth. I know they don't actually play each other because they're both on the offensive side, uh, but you're looking at um, – Two very, very talented running backs who are able to catch the ball out of the backfield and run very well. So that's really the the highlight of this game. Cam Newton, I think, is going to have a good game. Um, But I'm not looking for, say, Devin Funches, who's a borderline starter, to do anything uh, against that New York Giants defense. They shut down Michael Thomas, and Devin Funches is no Michael Thomas. Um, So I, I like Newton. I like McCaffrey. Uh, but in this offense, those really are the only two that you can get any sort of consistency out of. But they're gonna have some some big some big boom to them in this game. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Uh, you know, McCaffrey's just McCaffrey's been a stud. The Panthers overall, in terms of just y- all over yards, are number one in rushing. 
Um, yes. And part of that's because, you know, Christian McCaffrey is, they've been able to get the holes for McCaffrey. And, you know, if you remember some of the preseason picks of, of, of C-Mac, you know, uh, during like, uh, during workouts and stuff, and you see he has put on so much muscle. He's a beast. Off season. He is a truck now. Um, and he's, I tried to target him in every draft, but couldn't get him a single time. Nope. Um, so yeah, he is, he is definitely, he is a monster. Uh, yeah. So Cam, basically Cam and, and, uh, and C-Mac are the only people that you want. I've actually been telling people to not play Funchess all week. Um, for those people who have been asking for advice from us, um, in terms of the Giants, really, it's it's Saquon Barkley. You're gonna you're gonna run him out there because he was you know probably your first round pick. Um, you're gonna run Odell out there because you know if they get behind by a lot, they're gonna have to throw to Odell, and he's their number one he's their number one receiver. Uh, you know, you had mentioned earlier that Red Ellison is a possibility only really if if Shepard is out. Uh, Shepard's kind of been back and forth. I'm not, I don't really trust him, to be completely honest. So if Shepard is out, well, then that bumps up Rhett Ellison as a streamable tight end. But other than that, it's OBJ and, and Saquon Barkley. Yep. So. All right. Next game, flying through these. Uh, Miami at Cincinnati. Yeah, for me, I'm going to start with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Tannehill... Uh, proved that he is uh, not yet a streamable option. I know for the last couple of years when he has played, outside of last year when he didn't play at all, um, in previous years he was a very uh, good quarterback for both of us because he played kind of like that Case Keenum thing that you're doing right now where you were able to get a quality enough quarterback uh, that you could stream on his tough matchups, but still get some consistency and solid numbers out of him. But he's not doing that so far this year. Outside of Kenny Stills, I don't like any of this because Kenyon Drake has six yards rushing in the last two games. Frank Gore is out touching him, out carrying him, and out snapping him. Kenny Stills as the deep threat is really the only person that I would even consider playing in this game no one else even uh does anything for me at least in, you mean in terms of my, the miami side on the miami side yeah just covering the miami side here's something to look at my, the miami dolphins going into last week were three and oh and looking to possibly go to four and oh against the miami dolphin or against new england this this week they didn't have, have a great week last week so, I mean, it had a little bit of an effect, but not a huge effect. This week, going into week five, in terms of yards, they're 30th in offense, 26th in defense, 28th in passing, and 26th in rushing. And yet they're three and one. That should show you that this is a bit of smoke and mirrors. Yes. So... Um, and let's not forget that win against the win that they had against Oakland. They had two trick plays that basically uh, wow. in the fourth quarter that won the game for them. Or one was a trick play, and the other one was like a a fumble or or an interception return for a touchdown. So again, I don't put, I don't have a whole lot of trust in anyone on this Dolphins team except for maybe Kenny Stills, and even that's kind of back and forth with Ryan Tannehill. So yeah, uh, as far as the Bengals, I'm starting Dalton again in this one. Again, they're they're 
the Dolphins defense is not as is not as good as they may seem. Um, I'm starting Dalton. I like Geo again this week. Uh, God, Tyler Boyd has just been on a tear. Yes, I did not. Has. I did not see this coming. And honestly, I I don't want to say that I'm skeptical. I just I'm hesitant to think that this is going to last all season. AJ Green, as long as he is healthy, is going to outscore Tyler Boyd at the end of the season. That's just that's the way it's going to be because AJ Green is that much better than Tyler Boyd. We did. No one saw this coming from Tyler Boyd. I mean. Tyler Boyd, over the last two years, Tyler Boyd is supposed to be the slot guy and kind of get stuff over the middle. He was not supposed to be this. No one saw this coming. Not even well, the Bengals. Well, we had, we had last year thought that he, was, he could be a potential emerging player, and, and I think we were a year early on him. Um, but one of the things I'll say about Boyd, He's getting more targets. A.J. Green's been kind of banged up, and A.J. Green's always drawing the best defender on the other side. But one thing to take note of, not to get ahead of ourselves, great matchups coming up in the, in the Steelers, Chiefs, and Buccaneers after this week. And so Green and Boyd are both going to have great matchups. Dalton's going to continue to be uh, startable. Uh, Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon, whoever's going to start – is going to be the player of value, but both are banged up. Um, and then of the tight ends, this has really been the conversation on waivers. Which of the two tight ends do you like more, Tyler Croft or, or, or C.J. Uzuma? I like Uzuma, and simply, and simply because while Tyler Eifert was healthy, Uzuma was the one being used. Yes. Croft was not. Yes, and so a lot of people project Croft to be the guy. Well, that was because I, yeah. he, he performed last year when Uzumo went out as well. Yeah, people so, forget that Uzumo was also out last year. Yeah, so. For portions of the time when Eifert was out. So, Tyler Croft was really the tight end three, not the tight end two. Yep. All right, moving on to the next game. Baltimore and Cleveland. At Cleveland. Uh, yeah, for this game... I'm not starting Flacco. I, I was a little surprised at the Cleveland Browns defense last week getting beat up as much as they did uh, by the Raiders. Um, but in, in terms of this week, uh, Buck Allen is probably the guy that I would lean more towards this week because Alex Collins still has a little bit of fumbling issues. Uh, it's, it's still around a 55-45 or 60-40 in terms of snaps and carries towards Alex Collins, but Buck Allen is getting the valuable carries in the goal line uh, and, and important downs, third downs, those kinds of things. Because Collins I, can't hold on to the freaking ball. Yes, uh, and so to me, the other starter this week would be John Brown. Um, deep threat, um, he's the guy that's going to get the yards. He's also not going to have Ward on him. I think Ward is going to be covering Crabtree more. Um, and so, but I'm not looking to play Crabtree in this game. It, it, this is really John Brown and then Buck Allen and Alex Collins are kind of that RB3 like they've been for the last couple of weeks. So they're streamable, flexible uh, as options, but not someone, not someone that I would look to put in my running back one or running back two slot. Yeah, uh, I'm in a 10-team league that I am sitting Alex Collins again this week. Um, you know, go – 
and I think he's the only he's the only Raven I have on any of my teams. Uh, Flacco, could, I mean Flacco, could have a good game. It's possible. Um, you know the the Cleveland Browns defense showed some holes last week. Now that being said, their offense is also getting off to a tear, and so Baker Mayfield is not streamable this week because it's the Ravens defense. The Ravens have been absolutely stout. I mean they made they made you know Big Ben look silly in Pittsburgh. Basically, his his home and his home and away splits at home went the way of his away split. I mean, it was that bad. Um, it doesn't help. They also got up, you know, got up enough quickly. The Baltimore Ravens did that. They were able to just attack, attack, attack. That could happen again here. Um, in terms of in terms of the rest of the Browns, you know, I like Najoku because he's going to be more involved in terms of the in terms of the uh, pass game with you know now that Baker Mayfield is the quarterback um, the Browns are the number two rushing team in terms of yards so again that bodes well for Carlos Hyde this is a tough team to run against but if they can keep it close I think that they'll be able to take care of that and be able, and, and Carlos Hyde should still have a serviceable game for you yeah in a game like this uh, you want to trust Carlos Hyde more than a Baker Mayfield, just in terms of an NFL standpoint. Obviously, you're not playing Baker. Um, he's he's borderline startable right now, anyway. But you definitely don't play him up against the Ravens, especially when you don't play when you wouldn't play people like uh, like an Andy Dalton. Uh, Andy Dalton borderline against the Ravens. Now Andy Dalton had a good game, but Baker Mayfield is is not ready yet as much as his ownership is skyrocketed he's not startable this week at all no so really it's uh, for me carlos hyde jarvis landry and then you know if you need to play david njoku uh he's he's also uh you know a, a streamable possibly startable tight end there so yeah i i have njoku as tight end 10 okay yeah i think that's about where i have my have him starting in my in my 10 team league so um, and then Green Bay at Detroit. We talked. <laughs> we've been talking about the injuries going into this game. Justin, what are what are what are some of your thoughts uh, for this one? I'll, I'll start with Detroit. I think this is a game that Detroit is primed to win because of the massive uh, depletion of health on the Green Bay side. Um, I think Carrion Johnson should be able to run against this team. Adrian Peterson, granted it was in the rain, destroyed the Green Bay Packers. Um, not that I think Carrion Johnson's going to do a 100-yard game, but um, be, and that's mostly because Theo Riddick and LeGarrette Blount are still getting involved. Um, but this is going to be a game. The, the weakness of the Packers' defense so far has been through the passing game. And what one team throws the ball on a more consistent basis or has had to throw the ball on a more consistent basis than Detroit over the last couple of years. So uh, Golden Tate should have a great game, even though uh, Slay is probably going to line up against uh, Kenny Galladay for, for most of this game. So that has me a little bit nervous. I, this may be the one week where I put Marvin Jones slightly ahead of Galladay. Um, but Golden Tate, Galladay, and Marvin Jones are all startable. For me this week, carry on Johnson, flex option, RB2, depending on what you think he might be able to do this week. Um, 
but other than that, uh, I, I don't I don't really see much. They're not involving the tight end. They're really going with those three receivers, uh, and then the the running backs are kind of a hodgepodge with with Carryon Johnson now being the clear lead. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Uh, really, Galladay, Galladay and Tate are the main guys that you're going to want on that team. Stafford, you know, because it's at home, Stafford is a streamable option for, especially for deeper leagues. Well, I have I have Stafford as quarterback nine, so I have him as a clear starter for me because it's at home. There's no weather; it's on the turf. He should be fine. Again, I yes, um, being a but for me being a a uh, divisional matchup, you know, and those tend to be, you know, teams both tend to be playing a little bit tougher. Um, you know, I could see him ranging anywhere from up to quarterback eight down to quarterback 14. So it's, it's, he's kind of rangy in there that I haven't really been able to solidify where I want him yet in terms of there. Uh, for the Packers, obviously, with all the injuries, this is going to have to wait last minute. For me, um, to see what what uh, what I like about um, Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, I think is going to be the major benefactor in this game. Um, you know, the Lions got absolutely chewed up last week by um, Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, I understand it's Ezekiel Elliott and that formidable Dallas offensive line, and it was in Dallas. That being said. Aaron Jones is a very good running back, very capable running back that I think is pulling himself away from the rest of the running backs in that room uh, for the Packers. Uh, Devontae Parker, if he plays, is a must-start. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I'm not so sure is a must is a must must start unless you know that at least Devontae Parker or I'm sorry, Devontae Parker, Devontae Adams, and either. Cobb or Allison is no, you know what? Even if it's just Adams and um, and Jimmy Graham, that's probably enough for for Rogers to go nuts because they can also use guys out of the backfield catch the ball. So um, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is going to probably be in that five to seven range in terms of quarterback. Other than that, I think that's about. I mean, that's about it for me in terms of in terms of the the Packers. So. Yeah, the only last point that I'll make is that Aaron Jones going up against the Detroit Lions defense, the Detroit Lions defense got slaughtered in the running game by the Jets in week one, and the and uh, the Jets did not run well last week. So uh, running backs against the Lions are almost uh, an auto start at this point. Uh, so Aaron Jones should be primed for a good game. All righty. Uh, moving on, finally, uh, the last game we're going to cover tonight, Jacksonville at Kansas City. This could be very, very interesting in terms of can Jacksonville hold down this explosive Kansas City offense? Now, I know that the, um, the Broncos were able to do that a little bit this past week. However, that game was in Denver. This is going to be in Arrowhead. Can the Jacksonville defense travel well and hold down that explosive offense in, on their home turf? Yeah, for me, the, once again, it always comes down to matchups. But uh, if Sammy Watkins can't play, one of the things that I think 
Denver was able to do was it took one less big body away from the field to throw to. So uh, Tyreek Hill was not getting open very much, didn't have the greatest of games. Um, but as you saw, the big-bodied receivers or the big-bodied receiver in uh, Travis Kelsey was the go-to target for much of that game. Biggest target, uh, easiest to find on the field, consistent chemistry uh, with Patrick Mahomes. But this is clearly going to be the toughest defense that he will face all year, in my opinion. He's lucky and fortunate enough to have them at home. Um, but I think this is going to be the truest test of Patrick Mahomes' uh, ability. If Patrick Mahomes comes out and once again does not turn the ball over, uh, gets maybe a rushing touchdown and two passing touchdowns, uh, for me, and you can put this on the record, he will have quote-unquote earned his name of Showtime. I think it's once again still too premature to give a nickname to a rookie uh, that that is something like that, but um, – I like Kareem Hunt in this game. I think they're going to have to be more balanced and use the running game a little bit more, much like they did against Denver. Tariq Hill, if he's going up against Ramsey, I just don't know if Tariq Hill can be uh, that boom player. Once again, you got to start him because his speed is uh, the X factor. And if he, he could have one catch for 17 points, yeah, well, and let's not forget he's also the punt returner. So, yes, you know, as if you have return yards, that's even bigger. But if the fa the fact that he, you know, you could get the touchdown for him on special teams as well. Yeah, Travis Kelsey also a must start. Sammy Watkins, if he plays, I like Sammy Watkins uh, in this game. Um, uh, yeah, so Mahomes, Hunt, Hill. Uh, and Kelsey, all auto starts. If Sammy Watkins plays, uh, go ahead and throw him in your flex spot. Um, I may sound crazy, but I kind of like Blake Bortles for this game. Oh, so do I. Uh, I mean, simply because especially him. if Kansas City really gets up in a hurry, Bortles is going to have a heyday because the Kansas City Chiefs finally decided to stop someone in Denver in terms of, in terms of actually playing defense. Um, let me pull up their, whoops, their defensive numbers. Uh, in terms of defense, they are the, they're the worst ranked defense. Yes. Compared to Jacksonville, who is the top ranked defense. So, um, and again, that's in terms of yards. So, you know, this, this Chiefs offense that is so explosive, um, they're going to be tough to stop, but I think that, I would I would not necessarily want to start Jacksonville's defense if you could find a streaming option and hold on to Jacksonville for later. Fine, if you have to start Jacksonville, okay. Uh, but I like Blake Bortles, T.J. Yeldon as long as he's healthy. If it turns out that he's not, Corey Grant could get a huge could have a huge game this week. Yes. Uh, in terms of the receiving core, I I'm not a fan of ASJ. I just don't think I don't think that Bortles has ever really. You know, it's rough to compare him to Aaron Rodgers, but like Aaron Rodgers, does not consistently use a tight end. No. There will be games. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had games where he's used oh, a tight end to get two or three touchdowns in a game. Rarely. You know, 
the the Jaguars are the same way. Blake Bortles rarely uses his tight end that much. So really, it's going to be the wide receivers. And right now, it's Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook uh, are your one-two. I I'm more the D.D. I'm starting to move more into the D.D. Westbrook camp over Keelan Cole. And Dante Moncrief is a deep league, deep deep league, fourteen and higher flex option. Yeah, to to me, I I still have Cole there. I think he had a, a, a down week last week. I still like T.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole to kind of be like right there. A1AB. Uh, yeah, A1AB. Or A1A2. Sure. Yeah, like, yes. AA and AB. Sure. Follow it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Keelan Cole, I kind of have as that low wide receiver three right on the edge of the, of the wide receiver four. And D.D. Westbrook, I have as a wide receiver four, and that's mostly because maybe that's still part of my uh, pre-draft bias that Cole was the guy because Cole had an amazing end of the season last year and week one uh, or, or end of the season last year and, and played well so far this season with a couple of bad games. D.D. Westbrook didn't hardly do much at the end of last season and, near, and nowhere near the level of Keelan Cole, so that's where my – I'm still ranking Cole a few spots ahead of Westbrook, even though I, I would not be surprised if Westbrook outperforms Cole. I will have D.D. Westbrook as, at minimum, a wide receiver three this week. At minimum. Okay. Wide receiver 30. I will have him above Keelan Cole personally. And, I'm, and we'll see how the rankings pan out. And we'll see how they pan out. I personally am actually really irritated. I was going to pick up D.D. Westbrook in, in one of my leagues to be my fourth wide receiver. And I hesitated because I wasn't sure who I could drop because I have a lot of – I have a lot of – I was looking to try to get a trade going first to make the room so I didn't have to drop anyone for him. And a guy in our league who has scored more points than anyone by about 50 points already this season picked him up. Didn't need him, but he picked him up. So, yeah. and refuses to trade with anyone because I don't need to trade with anyone. Look at my team. So, uh, or you you hope go on five over the next four weeks? Or, or no, no. Weeks. See, actually, in this league, they have a tendency to get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. the The highest scoring team in this league the last five years has not won the championship. Yeah, it's all about the playoff matchups. So. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you guys uh, tonight. Uh, we are looking forward to this weekend. Justin will give you kind of the rest of the preview tomorrow uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed uh, our episode tonight. This has been the Skulking Fantasy Football Podcast. Justin, do you have anything else? No, other than uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. We always value it. Feel, uh, please go over to YouTube and iTunes, hit the subscribe button, leave ratings on both. We thank you guys for listening. All right. This is, uh, my name is Ryan. Justin's been with me tonight. We thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.
At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.